This third Sunday of Advent is about rejoicing. The Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so I think it behooves us to, to really begin to grapple with what does it mean for me to be a joyous follower of Jesus Christ? Because evidently there's strength in, in that. God promises it to be that way. So on that first Christmas, um, the shepherds got to experience joy firsthand. So they're watching sheep. And then they get to have this joyous experience in a very immersed way. The, the sights and the sounds just um, engulfed them. Now, I don't know if you ever think about shepherds. I had sheep for a season as uh, whatever they were, pets, not really, but we had sheep and a little acreage. And one thing about sheep is they're just, they're really boring. I mean, they're just not exciting. And I think if you're a shepherd, that your, your, your lifestyle would be one of kind of mundaneness and repetition and routine. Every now and then there might be a wandering sheep that you have to go chase down or some predators that you have to uh, face up against. But by and large, I think they lived a pretty quiet, routine kind of life. And in the middle of this routine comes this announcement from heaven that Christ has been born. And it had to just be uh, earth-shakingly interruptive to them. We know it was because they said they were terrified. Let me read the story to you. It's found on Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 8 through uh, 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared um, to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So here you have this shepherd living this kind of life and it's interrupted in this very, uh, you know, all-encompassing way, and they were terrified. How do you do with surprises? Are you good with surprises? Just yesterday, I was doing some things. I can't remember what I was doing, but I was pretty engulfed in it. Do you ever get that way? And Vicky comes up and just scares me to death because I don't hear her coming, and she just shows up, and I'll say, ah, you kind of do that. You ever do that a little bit? I, I do that frequently, and, and uh, I remember one event um, where I was interrupted in the middle of the night. I don't do well in the middle of the night. I can relate to the shepherds here. And so we lived out in a house in the country in the 1990s here in, in Brookings. And we had our laundry room on the main floor. And one night at about 1 p.m., the host in the back of the, of, the, of the washing machine decided to burst. So my daughter, Liz, slept in the basement of that house. And she thought to herself about 1 o'clock in the night, why is Dad taking a shower? And it didn't quit. So eventually her curiosity got her, and she got up and began to uh, turn the lights on and realized all the water is flowing down the ductwork in the basement. That can't be good, right? It's going down the walls and everything. And so she runs upstairs and wakes us up. Well, my wife is like a wild woman. She just wakes up. I don't know how you do that. And, and, you know, there's this emergency. She's up, and she's running, and, and she's, she rattled me. I remember this. Get up, get up. And I'm going, where am I, you know? And I don't wake up like that, especially when I first fall asleep. In fact, I remember rolling out of bed and being on my hands and knees on the floor, thinking, 
what, what, where am I? What's going on? Is this a dream? Is this real life? You know what I mean? Are you like that in the middle of the night? I'm like that in the middle of the night. In the meantime, my basement's flooding, right? And so I realized what it was and got the, got the, uh, oh, shut off. And we had a rest of uh, the night to clean it up. Amen. Yay, right? How do you do with surprises? Um, do you wake up fast and alertly? These shepherds got to experience that. And I don't blame them for being terrified. So the shepherds are in the field keeping watch over the sheep. It's just a mundane routine night. And all of a sudden, there's an angelic announcement because they were neighbors, so to speak. Uh, Christ has been born. And then all of a sudden, there's this whole company of, of heavenly hosts, you know, praising God and giving God glory. And there's this immersion experience happening for the shepherds of joy. And God invited them to enter into the joy that he couldn't contain. And it just, I think it's God works sometimes. He just, he shows up and it just shocks you. And he extends the same offer to you and me today to enter into this joy. And I, I want to ask you, how are you at entering into the joy that God has provided? Brings us to our big thought today. Uh, and it's this, a tradition like lighting this joy candle, sometimes called the Mary candle, it can be a great reminder for us to rejoice and enter into the joy that God has for us. A tradition is helpful when it helps us to rejoice. And whether it's in truths about Jesus or a relationship with Jesus, a tradition is helpful if it causes us to remember the joy we have in our God. I want to talk with you just for a few moments, kind of more from my heart than from script here. Um, I have to admit, by and large, I have to work at being a joyous person. How about you? Are you naturally joyous? Do you think that other people would think that? I have a survey for you to take. I want you to consider this uh, with me for a few moments, how, how you do when it comes to rejoicing. Are you rejoicing that Jesus has redeemed you? Even right now, are you rejoicing? Over the last year, have you done that at all? Has it even occurred to you to be thankful and rejoice in, in what Christ has done for you? Do you stop every now and just think, wow, I, I can't imagine life without Jesus? Do you rejoice? Is your mood dependent on favorable circumstances, on favorable events? Are you happy when things go well? And then when things don't go well, are you kind of cranky? Be honest. And lastly, here's usually the, the litmus test. Would others say you're joyous? Not what you think. Would others that are around you, would they think you're a joyous person? Joy, I think, is an overused uh, word in our culture, especially at this time of year. And we don't know what it means. But Christian speaking, definition-wise, that is, Christian speaking definition, is that joy is something that is not emotional. It supersedes our emotions. It's not circumstance-driven. Uh, joy is, a, is, a, is, a, is a, a, a soul thing that happens because we know Jesus Christ. And uh, we often confuse that with happiness, and happiness depends on happenings. And it's, it's more uh, that question number two in the survey. It's more dependent on favorable events, and it's moody, and it's, it's more of a, a, an emotional kind of thing where joy is, is um, kind of this 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 possession almost of the soul that you have when Jesus Christ has really captured your heart. Uh, 
So let me give you a definition for joy. Joy is a delight that runs deeper than pain or pleasure in your life. Okay? Joy is a delight that runs deeper than pain or pleasure. And it is a gift of God, gift of the person of the Holy Spirit specifically, that can be experienced even in extremely difficult circumstances. And you see this throughout uh, uh, the Bible, that the people of God are often joyous in spite of the tremendous hardships that they, they faced. Um, if you go to uh, Peter and John, they're, they're beaten, they're whipped, and yet they rejoiced that God found them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus Christ. And then you look at the Apostle Paul, and he spoke of his joy in the midst of affliction frequently. It just, joy supersedes pain or pleasure. Amen? Are you getting this? Because Christ has come in you, he has changed who you are, the person of the Holy Spirit works in you, this joy that's there in spite of what you're facing. I uh, thought, okay, I'm going to present all this stuff to you all, and then you're really still not going to know what joy is. Because I begin to think myself, when I think of joy, what, is, what do I mean by that? And I did some reading here the last couple of weeks, and I came upon um, some thoughts by author and former preacher John Piper. And he had a definition for Christian joy that I thought was insightful. And I want us to reflect on it a bit today because I think it will help you understand what Christian joy is really all about. Christian joy, he says, is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the world and in the word. All right? So Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul, uh, and it's produced by the person of the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Jesus, whether it be in the word, the Bible, or in the world. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. Maybe he's on to something here. And I, I begin to just muse on this a little bit, and I think there's three things you have to get about this reflection of John Piper's that I think are, are helpful when it comes to this topic of joy. Now, I know as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we're supposed to be wary about basing anything on feelings. So right away when he said good feelings in the soul, I thought, I don't know if I agree with that. But then I begin to read more of Piper's article on this, and it, whenever he says something, he says it in about 10 pages. So you have to kind of read a lot. And so what I began to realize was he wasn't really talking about a feeling emotion. He was talking about a feeling response. And what he was saying was this, that because you see the beauty of Jesus Christ, because that's so real to you, you have a response in your soul of a good feeling. And I thought, yeah, maybe he's onto something here. And it reminded me of a recent moment when I had some strong uh, feelings. I talked about this before in service here when it was fresh. But when we were in the Rocky Mountains and we were hiking one day, there was a, a female moose right on the trail in front of me. And I didn't see her. She didn't see me. Some of you know the story, but I'm going to expand on it just a little bit. So I came upon her. I surprised her. She surprised me. And immediately I was up close to this moose. You know what happened? I experienced a response of fear. I was afraid. I, in fact, I froze. You ever do that when something happens? Like, I froze. And right at that moment, I smelled her. She stinks. It just was like, wow, I didn't know moose stink like this, you know. And she looked at me, and I saw her eyes. She was not happy. And she made this noise. And you know what? I did not have to tell myself, 
you should fear now. I was afraid. It was a natural response. I didn't have to decide to be afraid. I didn't have to be persuaded to be afraid. I didn't have to take a course on being afraid. I was afraid because there was this big animal looking at me, and she wasn't pleased. And I realized, if you want to, uh, you can tear me apart, right? Well, what Piper is saying is this when it comes to this good feeling in the soul. He's saying when we have a close encounter with the beauty and the majesty of Jesus Christ, our souls respond with joy. You just can't help it. It's just what happens. And so a definition of joy, then it begins the with this, it's this good feeling in the soul. But what, what he's meaning by that is that you're having an encounter with the living Christ. You're seeing the beauty and the awesomeness of him, and your soul just goes, wow. It's what happened with the shepherds in the field when the angelic announcement transpired. All of a sudden, they saw the glory of the heavenly host. At first, they're terrified. And then, I think, a joy thing happened as they begin to realize what was transpiring. And that is, is the beginning of understanding what joy is about. Now, the second part of Piper's little insightful uh, definition of Christian joy that I think is really important is that it's a thing that transpires within the soul. It may manifest itself in some physical ways. You might have butterflies in the stomach. You might have this euphoric thing happening. You might have some tears going down, you know, your cheeks. But that's a physical manifestation of what's taking place within the soul. And oftentimes when people think of joy, they think of the physical manifestations of joy, of being happy and having, you know, this, this really euphoric feeling. But really, Christian joy happens deeper and richer than that. It's not merely a physical manifestation. It's, it's something deep within you that is, is there because of the work of the person of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And you might have some of those manifestations, and they're good, but that's not joy. The joy is what the Holy Spirit is duping, doing deeply in your soul. And so sometimes when we do praise and worship, you know, I'll get into the music, and I'll just love the music. And I, I'll find myself tearing up a little bit. Have you ever had that experience? Well, that tearing up isn't the joy. What's happening is my heart is resonating with the truth of what's being sung. And it powerfully overwhelms me. And my soul resonates with Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is saying, this is good stuff. Listen to it. And all of a sudden, I have a physical manifestation happening. And so we have to understand that joy that's being talked about in the Bible, Christian joy, is a soul-level kind of interaction with the person of the Holy Spirit, which brings us to the third and most important probably element of this whole discussion on joy. It, the joy is a product in uh, the Holy Spirit within us as followers of God. It's produced by the person of the Holy Spirit. You cannot make it happen. It is a fruit of the person of the Holy Spirit. As we're told in Galatians chapter 5, the um, Fruit of the Spirit is love and then joy, peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. So therefore, joy is not necessarily something we can manufacture, but rather something that the Holy Spirit does within us. So if you think, man, I want this joy, then you need to ask the person of the Holy Spirit to do that work in you. But listen, this is what you're asking for. When you want to experience joy, you're really asking for the Holy Spirit to show you the beauty and the majesty of Jesus Christ. 
That's really what you're asking for. Joy is a response to seeing Christ. Joy is a product of the Holy Spirit living within your heart. So if you feel like, I don't have a lot of joy in my life, then what you need to ask the Holy Spirit to do is have you run right into the beauty of Jesus Christ so that it overwhelms your, your soul and so that you respond naturally to who Christ is with joy. Like I responded naturally to that moose with fear. No one had to educate me on that. It just happened. And the same is with joy to some degree. Partly what needs to transpire is you just need to run into Jesus and, you, and it needs to change who you are. Yesterday I was working out and uh, this big dude, there's a bunch of big dudes there. I'm not one of those big dudes. Anyway, he's, he's, he's happy. He's singing with his music, which only he can hear. So I hear, I saw it just like that. I go, what was that? I looked at him and go, oh, he's enjoying the moment. He's just having a good moment. He doesn't realize the rest of us are listening to it, and it sounds terrible. But, and he went around, and I watched him go around, and everywhere he was kind of doing this, and everybody around him would just kind of smile, you know? And they understood what was going on. He was in, it, it kind of, you know, Im- immersed in working out and enjoying that and in listening to music, whatever he was listening to. I don't even know. I have no idea what it was. And I think sometimes, you know what? When we get that immersed with Jesus, we're going to sing a song. It may not always be on tune, but we're going to sing a song. And it's going to be evident to those around us to some degree because we just can't contain it. And then uh, Piper goes on like Piper always does. If you know Piper much, he, he's a big proponent of, of the Word of God. And, and he goes on to say, you know, the Word then shows us the beauty of Jesus. Now, think about this. It makes sense because it says in the Bible that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to make Jesus known. And the Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God, the Bible. So what do you think is one of the main purposes of the Bible? To make Jesus known to you and I, to see the beauty of Jesus Christ. And so when we read the Word of God, partly what we're supposed to experience is this understanding of the beauty and the majesty of Jesus resulting in joy. And then when we're in the world, um, that's talking about us rubbing against each other like on day of the day. We watch these kids, right? We watch them sing. We watch them rejoice in Jesus Christ. And, and their, their joy rubs off on us, amen? And, and, and it gets our hearts to sing a little bit. And last, uh, like yesterday, creation can speak of, of, of God so, so wonderfully. Um, let me explain what I mean by that. Vicki and I are out on a walk, and uh, we got to see the sunset. And it was gorgeous last night. It was just beautiful. She takes all her pictures, and uh, so I just keep walking because she walks faster than me, and that way she can catch up with me. Um, but anyway, it is what it is, guys. So she, but she's taking these pictures, and I think all of creation speaks of the beauty of Jesus. The firmament declares your works. Spread out the heavens with a span of your hand. Amen? And those things speak of the beauty of Jesus. And when you see the beauty of Jesus, what wells up within you is joy. And so when you look at creation and you see the beauty of Christ in it, the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. So we can see that the joy of the Lord is found in his word and in the world when, when you begin to really think about it in the right kind of way. Now get this. This is our conclusion today. It's God's will for you to rejoice. 
It is just God's will for every single person in here to rejoice in Christ. Um, I want us to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and then we're going to just read verse 16 through 18 out loud uh, together. It's relatively short scripture, but here we go. Let's read it together. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So this third Advent Sunday is all about joy. And Christian joy is delight in spite of pain or pleasure. It's delight in God that's not dependent on circumstances. It's something that the person of the Holy Spirit does within us. It's more of a response to the beauty and the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you think of joy, I pray that these kind of thoughts come to your mind this Christmas season. Because I really think joy is a misunderstood thing among Christians and non-Christians alike. And I think God wants his people to experience joy. Amen? And so think on these thoughts. I hope they help you a little bit. Um, We're going to close up here in just a moment. I want to remind you again, if you want a cookie, you need to go to the great room. It's always a good rejoicing moment to have a cookie. It's so simple, isn't it? And uh, if you don't go out this way and you go out towards Orchard Drive, there is a stand of cookies up there also for your, um, you know, taking. So let's, let's pray. Would you bow your heads, please? Lord God, we love you today. And uh, I know for me personally, this has been an interesting uh, study, this little study of joy. Um, I think honestly, Lord, I think a lot of us would say we're probably not that joyous person and we probably ought to be. And so what I pray this morning for us, Lord, is that we would understand, and first of all, understand the definition of joy, that it's delight in you in spite of pain or pleasure, Lord, that, it, that it's a, a, a gift of the person of the Holy Spirit to us. So I first pray that we just would understand that. But more than that, Lord, more than having a definition about joy or having, you know, uh, a good argument or logic about joy or or maybe being persuaded that joy is important, I pray that we would begin to respond in joy, that you, Holy Spirit, would fill us with the beauty and the majesty of Jesus, that we would begin to really understand and see that in our lives, and that our hearts would respond then with joy, that we would experience this fruit of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you promised to us, that it would be uh, something that would just be a natural way uh, uh, that, that, of responding to just this insight about Christ. And Lord, that we would sing a song, that we'd hum a tune, that our hearts would change and our attitudes would change because Christ is in us so strongly. So this Christmas, I pray that each one here today would find a moment uh, to just really connect with you, Jesus, and see your majesty and your beauty, and that there'd just be a true, honest joy deep within the soul. God, we love you and praise you. Thank you for this opportunity just to share a few thoughts on this uh, Third Advent Sunday. I pray that each one here would just really enter into um, Christmas, Lord, uh, just understanding how to, to remember and how to receive and how to rejoice. And I'm looking forward to next week when we talk about how to rediscover you, Jesus. We just love you and praise you. And all God's people said, hey, God bless you. Have a great week.